Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? Hi, it's me, Egbert, E-G-G-B-U-R-T, the owner of this radio station. I invite everyone to listen, no matter if you're young, old, black, white, Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, heck, I even want real estate agents listening to my station. Yes, even Rick and Tracy. You're all welcome. Now, it's back to my Goodwill Ambassadors, Brad and John. I won that fight with Egbert. Remember, he originally, he was very much sort of close-minded, and I said, you know, you shouldn't exclude anybody. So Egbert's gone on the offensive where he's essentially saying, you know, right, Brad? Everybody is my potential audience here in Egbert, right? <laughs> and, you know, I refuse to take full credit, but I will say, as Egbert's DEI chairman, I had a little bit to do with that. <laughs> DEI. That's I'm always, a consigliere when it we, comes to matters of, of diversity and tolerance, Brad. It's my calling card. That's all we need. Okay, last break. The end of it, we're talking about, I heard Beavis Shock on 97.1 yesterday with uh, with uh, Mark Reardon talking about this bizarre situation where this guy has essentially set up his homeless encampment in front of these people's house in South City, but he's technically not on their property because he's on the sidewalk and he's on the easement. And I think he's been there like three years, and they can't get the guy out. So they hired, the homeowners had, has hired Beavis Shock to try to get the guy out of there. The problem with most of these things is, and in certain cities it's gotten to be epidemic, I think I read something recently where there's there, right now they say currently there's a thousand houses or more in the Atlanta area that people have taken over and they're squatting in. And typically- Incredible. Yeah, I mean, and the crazy part of it is, as I'm thinking to myself, okay, now, if I were in the alarm business, this is what I would be saying right now. Yes. Hey, you've heard all these situations with people, you know, uh, taking over people's properties uh, by squatting in them. That won't happen if you have an alarm system. And you think about that for a minute. If you have a house that is vacant, and let's say you're selling it, and some of these houses, some of these are really sad stories because these are houses that people have grown up in, and then they've moved away, and, and their yeah, mom and dad yeah, still live there, and their mom and dad passes away, and they're trying to, you know, sell the house, is going through probate or something like that. Uh, and these people move in, they squat in the houses. But if you have an alarm system, the minute they go in, the police are called and the police would show up and say, hey, what are you doing? Yeah, and, yeah. Now, hopefully then then the squatters wouldn't just flash their makeshift lease well, but, and make an argument there. But I but I get exactly what you're saying. It's a great argument for alarm companies. First of all, it, it is hard to believe that there's any sort of lawlessness under Mayor Tashara Jones. <laughs> You're being a little bit tongue-in-cheek there, aren't you? <laughs> a bit. And I am glad. Now, by the way, I just looked this up, and I thought that Beavis Shock would be like 107 years old. But according to one source, he's only 67 years old, Brad. But he's a youngster. Yeah, yeah I know. You're 88, so you got 21 years on him. How did you think he was? Oh, I thought he was well into his 70s. Really? Because here's the thing. I remember Beavis Shock from the from like the early 2000s. Because he was always involved in, you know, campaign finance cases and things involving municipal and state and federal government. And he just he always struck me as an old cranky guy. And that's a compliment, by the way, because, you know, my personality, you know, I've been an old cranky guy for 46 years. But I just remember thinking that he was that he was a seasoned citizen, you know, for quite a while. But he's but he's a pop. He's 67. 
he's got one of those names that just doesn't stop. You know what I mean? Yeah, saying? and imagine how, like, the period of 92 to, like, 98 was for him. Imagine <laughs> right. how many jokes he heard. The Beavis and Butthead thing is what you're talking about, right? Uh, yeah, it yeah. would be like growing up with a last name of C-O-M-B-E-S-T. Right. Went through junior high with a last name like that. Right, right. I get it. <laughs> okay, but, but so he's now, and so he does a lot of political stuff as well, too? Well, I know his name from original. Like he was involved in at least one high-profile campaign financing. You know who would probably know this? Stephanie Bell, who's brilliant in every way, would know whatever he was involved with. I'm gonna look up. Um, I'm gonna look up Viva Shock campaign finance lawsuit. But he was involved in at least one high-profile, one high-profile case in like God. I want to say the late '90s or early 2000s. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm looking at it here. Campaign donor limits lawsuit from 1999, um, I believe, involves Beavis Shock. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I got one for you. Yesterday, you'll find this interesting. M- MSNBC, I didn't realize she was actually a part of that, and now I do. Claire McCaskill went on MSNBC yesterday, and she angrily demanded that the media stopped fact-checking Joe Biden. And she's calling out the New York Times. Now, do you know this whole crazy story? No, and so I didn't. I missed this. You know, usually I usually people actually send me Claire stuff, like to 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 do a little punching down on her. Um, but I hadn't seen this. Here's the first. Paragraph. I, I see the headline now. She says it's ridiculous that they that they fact check Joe Biden. Right. The first paragraph of the story is MSNBC analyst Claire McCaskill on Thursday angrily demanded that media outlets stop fact checking President Biden until they fact check former President Donald Trump, quote, every morning on the front page. And then she goes on. This is a quote wow. from her. She says, can I make a suggestion? This is her talking. I move that every newspaper in America quits doing any fact checks on Joe Biden until they fact check Donald Trump every morning on the front page. It's ridiculous that the New York, New York Times fact checked Joe Biden on something. I mean, he vomits lies. Trump vomits lies every day over and over and over again, McCaskill said. Now, the interesting <laughs> part of this is if you go down and read the rest of the story, see if I can find it. It talks about, I should have, okay, here we go. Um, Trump has been fact-checked thousands of times by different news organizations since he entered politics, far more than other candidates. PolitiFact has published more than 1,000 on him alone. The same site has published just 289 fact-checks on Biden. So, once again, I'm thinking to myself, she's complaining about this. Remember when, see, this is what's interesting to me. Go back to the press conferences in the, you know, the, the White House press room. Go back to the Trump era where you had the Jake Tapper and the other people oh, gosh, shouting yes. questions, demanding answers and things like that. And, you know, what about blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden Biden takes over and it's like the press corps like got their their tongues cut out. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. Mean, oh, absolutely. I'm, well, and also, I mean, Biden did a very smart thing by by having the first ever. Uh, so what's what's. Uh, Kareen's uh, gimmick. So she's the first black lesbian uh, I, something many. spokeswoman. Isn't that her gimmick? Curly head, black. I don't yeah, know, yeah. You know, I mean, so also, I mean, if you work for CNN or you work for you, your questions towards someone like that are going to be put Jen Psaki aside. But this this the new, you know, th- this woman that checks multiple diversity boxes, your questions, you, you can't. You can't ask her questions like you would, um, you know, a man or like a pretty white woman. 
Well, I, the the crazy part of that is is that as is that that it worked for a while. It's not working anymore because. I think finally the press has awoken and they're going like, okay, we're not taking this BS anymore. Because some of the things that, that Biden says and a lot of the things that Corrine Jean-Pierre says are just outright not true. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Now, you can go back and you can say, you can go back and go back to the Trump days and you can say, okay, look at the press secretary. Uh, you know, they, she, he had various press secretaries. Look what she said. Look what he said. And you can find all sorts of crazy stuff like that. That is why... Me as a guy with two useless journalism degrees, I say, find out for yourself. You know, yep. I mean, yep. do your own research. And what's interesting is almost on a daily basis. I mean, John combs the websites like crazy, but almost on a daily basis, I usually hit CNN, MSNBC, uh, Fox. And what's interesting was a lot of times you will go through the top five stories on CNN and they are totally different five top stories that were on uh, sure. Fox. Or, and even to the point where if you go like in, in St. Louis, if you go into like, if you look at Channel 5, sometimes you look at the Channel 5 website, top five stories are, you know, one, two, three, four, five, whatever they are. And you look at Channel 4, it's totally different. And you're going like, yeah, yeah okay, now what what's going on here i mean what's well and but you know i mean this this is a well-worn topic in other outlets i think but based on our based on the fact that so many of us get a majority of our information from social media and social media feeds us what we know what they know that the, what the algorithm knows that we like seeing and what we click on it's obviously self-perpetuating now brand most people who are liberal or conservative don't go don't check CNN and Fox News. If you're liberal, you're probably going to go to MSNBC and CNN, and you're probably going to continue to seek information that reinforces your own particular point of view. Interesting. Okay, two more things before we get out of here. Yeah. Have you heard the latest dust-up between Meghan McCain and Carrie Lake? No, I haven't heard this. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, I, let me just put, let me just say, if you've got kids in the car right now, I'm going to say a somewhat nasty word, which we can get away with the FCC. The FCC won't nail us on this, but it's to the point where some people may find it offensive. When Carrie Lake was running for governor of, of, uh, of Arizona and she didn't make it, she made some disparaging comments about John McCain. And a matter of fact, at one point in time, let's see if I can find the exact comment. She said something in the effect that, um, I can't remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. In 2022, when Lake was running for Arizona governor, she called Arizona Senator John McCain, quote, a loser and asked the crowd if there were any McCain Republicans in attendance, saying that if there were to, quote, get the hell out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So now apparently Carrie Lake is maybe running for Senate, is it? And in a public, uh, public, uh, uh, you know, sort of olive branch, she reached out to Meghan McCain on Twitter, essentially saying, uh, I'll read part of it is, as mothers both with two kiddos, I know we both agree that our children's future is too important to let it slip away over past grudges or hurt feelings. That's why I'm working hard to unite Republicans and independents. She's writing this on, on, she's writing this to Meghan McCain on Twitter. Okay. Mm, okay. And Meghan McCain, so that's really Mary, Mary, Carrie Lake is offering the olive branch, essentially say, hey, look, I'm sorry what I said about your dad. Meghan McCain replied with three words in capital letters, no peace, bitch. 
That's oh. what, yes. In other words, she's essentially saying, "Go pound sand." I'm not. Uh, you know, you 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 dishonored my father. I don't care what you say. Go to H-E double hockey sticks, which is you know, which is sort of interesting. Wasn't Megan McCain on the View for a while? Yeah, I think she was. And also, so I mean, you have to look at the calculus of if you're Carrie Lake. Is what's the reason why you did this publicly instead of privately? Because if if you think you would have got that, is is the whole point of it? You know that Meghan McCain won't respond favorably, and you want to make Meghan McCain look bad, so you want to force her into a position where she has to be rude. I don't. Or are or are you just think, hey, well maybe I'll do it publicly, and she'll be more willing to accept me. See, that's why you're the expert at this because the first off, I would have never thought about the first angle you gave. I would have never come up with that angle. So in other words, you're essentially saying that that. She did this calculated because she thought she was going to get either a, you know, the no peace bitch response or she thought she was going to get, okay, let's, let's, let's be friends again. Yeah, let's bury yeah. The I, mean, I think that you're forcing her hand. And also if you're dealing with somebody that has really poor impulse control, and I'm not saying that's Megan McCain because I don't know her, but if you think that you're going to agitate somebody, let Megan McCain look like a grudge carrying B-I-T-C-H herself. And then you can throw your hands up and say, I tried. I tried to bring us together and my and, and it was refused. Well, only so much I can do. That's because why. if she if Carrie Lake really wanted to make this happen, she knows I'm sure she knows literally dozens of people close to Megan McCain who could have said, hey, let's get together in private, not telling anybody. Let's get together and talk this out. I want to offer a sincere apology to you. I'm sorry. She, she surely could have done that. But guess what? Now she gets to throw her hands up and be like, hey, I'm the one that Megan McCain called a bitch. See, that's why you're the expert in this, because I would have not thought of that. Okay, one last thing before we get out of here. Do you know what happened in St. Charles County last night? Ooh, uh, no, I don't. Can you be a little more vague, Brad, in <laughs> St. Charles County? <laughs> did hackers attack the Fort Zumwalt School District? <laughs> no, they didn't attack that. It was training for the caucus. Oh, nice, nice, yeah, very yeah. good. And the caucus is not this Saturday, but it's a week from tomorrow. It's March second. Correct. Yeah, ten a.m. Be there or be square. Right. Oh, so you did you? So what does training for caucusing entail? Do you have any idea? Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Robert's rules of orders, things of these lines. Like, remember the last time this happened in 2012, St. Charles County was a national disaster. Oh, that's right. As written by the LA Times, including a tweeter at the time named John Combest. And it was a disaster, an unmitigated disaster. So they're they're determined to not let a national embarrassment happen again. So that's why they did training last night, right? Absolutely. <laughs> well, and, and to be fair, they would they surely would have done training sooner. And shout out the Missouri Republican Party, who's done a lot on this to to help train local folks. But um, it can be a disaster if you have a bunch of people like navel gazing and then throwing their hands up and fighting and whatever. Navel gazing. We'll talk about that on Monday. Okay, John. It's been a fun morning. I appreciate all the work you're doing behind the scenes, which I never thought you'd get all these guests for me, but I'm getting impressed by you more and more. Well, we'll see everybody on Monday. Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it?